Pushkin. Did you know some travel credit cards offer 10 times points on your spending? Don't miss out on big rewards for your next trip. NerdWallet lets you compare smart travel credit cards side by side, curated by an expert team of finance nerds. What could future you do with better travel rewards? A free flight? A room upgrade? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with AI coaching tools and 5G connected cameras. AAA is getting more drivers back on the road fast with location telematics. And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity, giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is accelerating innovation with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at tmobile.com slash now. Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson. Before they were legends of outlaw country, they were lost souls looking for their sound. Don't miss Mandy Moore in the new scripted Audible original, The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the birth of outlaw country music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the outlaw country music movement and its biggest stars. Hear how one woman's vision and her tiny living room, far from Nashville's Music Row, became the epicenter of a musical movement. Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in The Boar's Nest. Listen now at audible.com slash The Boar's Nest. Today we have part two of our run of interviews with The National in celebration of their new album, First Two Pages of Frankenstein. Last week, Broken Record producer Leah Rose talked to guitarist and composer Aaron Dessner about The National's interpersonal dynamics. Today, Leah picks up that conversation with the band's lead singer, Matt Berninger. Matt, whose fear and anxieties are often on full display in his songwriting, talks about overcoming a debilitating bout of depression in the period before he started writing songs for the new album. He also explains how the combination of weed and iced tea helped him spark his creativity and why he hopes his songwriting impresses Phoebe Bridgers and Taylor Swift. This is Broken Record, liner notes for the digital age. I'm Justin Richmond. Here's Leah Rose with Matt Berninger. I saw a video that you recorded, I guess it was like two years ago, for Amoeba Records. Mm-hmm. And you were picking through your favorite records. Uh-huh. And I started to sort of like listen to some of the um, to the records that you were showing, and it really helped me understand you as an artist and as a singer. And so I wanted to hear you just talk about some of these artists and see how specifically maybe their style helped you develop your own style yeah cool yeah i don't remember what i what i picked so um, yeah i figure then maybe the list has changed at this point yeah but maybe i'll, I'll be i'll disown this whole list but let, let's see yeah i know right <laughs> but the first artist i wanted to ask you about was tom waits uh-huh. when did you start listening to tom waits i think i freshman year of college so that was 1990 i went to couple years at Miami University of Cincinnati. So I was like, 
it was my first year of college. So this is the first time I lived alone. And that's when I remember hearing, ah, God, I think it was, it was a uh, compilation. I, I heard him on first in, and I think it was the song Big Black Mariah in, and I don't remember what compilation it was on. And I fell in love with that song and I went out and tried and wanted to buy, check out some records. And, but, um, I remember all I could find was this one record, uh, his, uh, early years record. And like, like a guy called Tom Waits and it said early years. And then there's this skinny white guy on the cover. I was like, this isn't, this isn't the person from who's singing Big Black Mariah on the thing I had heard. This has got to be a t- somebody else, but I bought it anyway. And it was, so I think I first got into his early years and then connected all the dots yeah. to like Bone Machine. And, and that was right, right before Bone Machine came out. I feel like that's when. I can't remember exactly what all, but it was the fun journey, like learning, hearing, like you know, semi, you know, contemporary or or, or whatever, '90s Tom Waits, and then going back and then then starting with his really early, like those real acoustic demos and piano demos and and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was a big long time all through college. It feels like, and then and then I would come back to him and. In in different records, I would I would go into deep dives in at different times and Rain Dogs. Yeah, that was the one that you picked out for this amoeba. Okay, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I also <laughs> I also remember another case. This is how stupid I was with music, and I didn't didn't really do very deep dives. I I I, I, I thought that was him on the cover forever. Uh, right. And 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 it, I mean, I'd and I'd seen pictures of him and seen, but I, for some reason, my brain made them the same the same face, same person. But um Yeah. I have a tattoo that says Martha from a, a song his song Martha and which I I remember listening to and crying to after <laughs> breaking up with my first college girlfriend or being broke up broken up with. It was mutual. I don't remember. But we, <laughs> <laughs> but I was driving back to Cincinnati from Oxford, Ohio and realizing that was finally over. And then I would transfer mm-hmm. to a new school. Anyway, yeah, so Tom Waits was like right there in some of the most intense, mm-hmm. you know, early, early relationships. But then always like, you know, my Corinne and I like just went through big, deep Tom Waits dives, <laughs> you know, over different times. And yeah, just, just this combination of goofiness and, and heartbreak and darkness, you know, and, and, mm-hmm. and spookiness. There's just something all about, you know, and he, Nick Cave's another one who's who's like in that sort of world of like the just the 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 alchemy of sincerity and silliness, you know, that's so magical sometimes. Do you hear them in your own performance when when you sing? Like, well, I, I, I'm sure. I mean, I don't. I'm sure other people do more than I do. You know, you know, I, I can't. I don't know what I look like in the mirror. You know, everybody else. I mean, that's, that's one of those things, but. uh but the other thing about what Tom Waits is, I was also really, always really taken with and kind of inspired by uh, his relationship with his wife Kathleen Brennan and how they write together. And they're, you know, one of one of my favorite songs of his of all time is is called Johnsburg, Illinois, and it's just a, a little portrait of a song about where she's from, you know, and just about about meeting her. And it's like the the most delicate little sweet little love song, and um. Yeah, so I think that was something I always found so romantic and so cool that here's this guy who can write all these songs about heartbreak and and, and all this stuff, but then also write them with his the one he, he loves. You know, I think it's really cool. Yeah, that's beautiful. If you don't know a band, you don't know a singer, you don't know a song, 
How much patience do you have to sort of discover something new? I'd like to think I have some, <laughs> like, like some patience, but, but that is a good question because I do struggle a lot. I think with like, even, even like the playlist set that I'm on. Um, I mean, I, I just like, I have a harder time. I mean, I don't know. I've always always a bit of a snob, and that's the thing about music. It's like sports. So it's like, like mm-hmm. you hate most stuff. You know, you want to talk about how right. much you hate. It's like, like with your friends, you're like, oh, I hate, you know, and you define yourself by everything you hate, you know, right. or, or or you don't get. And and I was definitely that contrarian. You know, I was. I mean, the 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 Smiths were a band I loved so much just because none of my other friends had ever heard of them, and the boy with the thorn in his side was was definitely me. You know, and so. Mm-hmm. So I have a little bit of that where I'm, I'm like, like, what? I don't get it, you know. But I realize I'm totally wrong most of the time, and then and I'll get used to it, and I'll, I'll learn things about it. So it's hard to say. I might have been more of a snob when I was, you know, in college than I am now. And and now I I, I actually really have a fun time studying like stuff that I don't listen to at all. But I'm like like. I did a recent sort of thing of just like, what's, you know, all these different artists, their number one song and trying to figure out what the tempo mm. of their number one song was, you know, in the first three artists I looked at, it was like 118, right? So <laughs> yeah, I've heard like 120 is kind of is like, that, is that not, for, for a pop record, that might be kind of like the, I know, well, I'm like, I'm the like, calm in BPM. I'm looking it up and then, and I'm like, I'm like, well, what is it? What, what are people like, you know, what is this? The pop world, like what? What are these? Because everybody talks about the formula. Uh, but then I did, I did. Uh, but then it was, it was a futile exercise because then I listened to a batch of other, and suddenly, I found a bunch that were, you know, like around one fifty, and then I found a bunch oh, that wow. are like, like great songs that are around ninety, you know. And then, but then it's also like it's all, it's all just in the groove and how you subdivide it, and it's like something that's like ninety is also one eighty, you know, and depending on how you deliver it. And then, so I, I kind of. <laughs> It didn't lead me anywhere, but it was really, it was kind of fun to dig into it. There's also, I read about all this stuff and how it's slowing down. Pop music is, the the average BPM used to be like in the 140s and now it's down to, somebody's saying it's like down to like one 108 is an average. <laughs> so, oh, it's funny. I mean, I could definitely see that with hip hop because hip hop yeah. has like gotten way like more like uh-huh. slow and syrupy. But but one 140 is super fast. Yeah, but it, the truth is it doesn't actually it doesn't matter at all because you could take any BPM and subdivide it in a way and put a swing to it and and how you would like all of a sudden it, its momentum goes from sluggish to like it just it it's like mixing paint you know it's like it's like right. which is fun to you know it's it's like you, there, there's not a formula there's not like a uh, there's not right. a formula for a good painting you know <laughs> it's just not yeah. so and also it it seems like if you started with thinking about a formula you're not going to end up in a good place. No, but it's... Because you're thinking more about like what the audience is going to like right. rather than what you're going to put forth. Right. I, I'd love to do like lately just going in with a friend and 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 just been like, we'll just like pick any song and just kind of like, you know, we picked By Your Side by Sade not long ago. Oh, and like, and just like, what is it? Why? What a good song. Like, why? Like, why is it so much better than all other songs at that same tempo with the same chords? <laughs> I think it's her. It's, it's yeah, her voice. Yeah. It's her delivery. It's a million she, things. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's a, it's, it's impossible to totally, obviously it's her, you know, but it's like, yeah. but why is that song of hers stand out so much from it's even her catalog? You know, it's like, well, there's so many people that have 
one song that just like is 10 times mm-hmm. bigger than the rest of their entire catalog or, you know, right. what is it? What is it about that one, that thing? It is fun. It's just fun to like kind of try to see if you can decipher magic, you know, if you can, if you can figure it out, but you can't, yeah. you just, you can't. I mean, but, but you, it is how everything you've, you're listening to every song we, that is like, was them trying something, probably listening to a bunch of other things and trying to put to, put together a combi- their combination. And occasionally the alchemy turns, it's it's black magic. It totally is. You still know, you know? Yeah. I was thinking about it from the perspective of a listener. Like if I sit down and listen to your new album, you sort of take for granted that like somebody actually created this from silence. Uh-huh. Sometimes you just assume like things always existed. Like- uh-huh. There was a time when Hey Jude didn't exist. Right. Like somebody wrote that and made that music. <laughs> My daughter and I were, were, were like driving around. We just drive around for hours, just listening to songs. And she's she's That's in that awesome. she's in that phase where she's just like really like songs are magic to her now. I think it's like it's it's blooming, and she's she's fourteen, and and so we were listening to the Wise Blood album a lot. We were listening to um, she's learning that on guitar, but then we were like started listening to some Beatles and stuff, and just like. And hey Jude, it's just like oh my god, it starts out one way, and then at the end, he's just like he's just a, a nut job at the end, just like riffing and just like do 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 do. Yeah, it's almost ridiculous at the end, and and yeah, but the idea that like it started from nothing and then it's there, you know? Yeah, and, and like there was a time when that song did not exist. Yeah, it's fun. It's funny. To, it's crazy. Totally. So I'm just curious with the national, like with making this new album, like. It sounds like before you started recording it, you know, maybe you were going through some sort of like writer's block. That's that's the story that I'm hearing. Yeah. And that was somehow unlocked by you reading Frankenstein. Is that a true story? It is true. I was in a really long writer's block. Like I'd never mm. been. It was a, it was a, I couldn't write. I, could, I mean, I don't know what to, I, I mean, it was, a, it was caused by whatever, like self-loathing and depression and the pain, all that stuff. I, but yeah, I went in a phase where I just couldn't, I was just like, I didn't want to write. I was sick of writing about myself, all that yeah. stuff. And I won't say there was any one thing that unlocked it. It was mostly just kind of reconnecting with the band and, and just kind mm-hmm. of pushing through it in time. And then, and, and it started slowly coming back. But when it, when it started coming back, one song that I was just like, I, I, the music came, it was new music that had just been sent. And I was kind of like, okay, like I, I just wanted to fresh, fresh words in my head. So sometimes mm. I'll just go and, and grab a, literally anything, a magazine and, and you know, anything and just like look at words, just skim it and just like until a word or something, just like whatever. It, it's, it's, it's just, it's trying to just like shake them, shake the trees and see if an animal falls out. Right. And so. Yeah, Frankenstein was the book I, I just randomly picked, and and the words like tranquilize and ocean, and this this whole stuff about like the the poles. It all starts out in the Arctic, and so I started kind of just writing some imagery about that. But it was all, I think it was imagery that I was I was kind of using that imagery to write about my brain and write about my feeling lost and frozen and and disconnected and and so the song the song is your mind is not your friend. But that mm-hmm. phrase was just something that my my wife Corinne had been had been saying he had been echoing to me over the past year when I was in this phase and I just like thought mm-hmm. like you know I was I was like I don't know if I can ever do it I don't like I don't know if I can write anymore I don't know if I can go on stage anymore I don't know if I can 
tour anymore. I don't know if I can do any of it anymore. I was just, I was feeling paralyzed by not just the writer's block, but all of it, you know, just like everything was like, I didn't, there was a phase I didn't want to write. I didn't want to, I didn't want to um, listen to anything. You know, I couldn't listen to anything. But when I started to break through a little bit, and those guys started sending me a bunch of news, like, like, oh, he's working again. The rest of the band started like, hurry up, like, like send him new stuff. He's, 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 he's plugged in again. And, and, and the music for your mind is that your friend was one of those kind of new ones that came and, and I wrote it really fast. Yeah. And, and, and it was triggered, but I can't remember which song of, of, of the record. I know, I know, uh, once upon a poolside was one of them that that mm-hmm. was like okay finally a song came and i think it was when i just started writing directly about the things i was you know my fears and everything yeah i'm curious what your wife says when you're in that place when she's trying to encourage you and you tell her like i can't go back on stage i can't write this might be the end of it she was always like that's totally fine that is totally fine you know and i was like thank god you know and i was like it's yeah. not totally fine you don't understand how not fine that is it's, it won't be good for me it won't be good for anybody it's bad if that does. and she's like nobody wants and, and the band was like that too everybody's like there's i was i wasn't getting any pressure from anybody except for myself so you didn't feel like let off the hook like okay cool now i can just like no, I, I I was let off the hook. I've always been let off. The, like like no nobody none of us will ever nobody in the band or I think none of our partners or will ever nobody's got anybody on a hook. We all we all do this because we want to do it. And yeah, when I when I couldn't do it, it wasn't that I didn't want. I wanted to be able to do it. I wanted to want to do it. I really yeah. wanted to want to do it, but I. I, I couldn't, and I, I couldn't. The idea of like getting on stage made me, you know, almost you know, sick. You know, like like just just so much anxiety. That, yeah, walking in, even going to the airport. You know, there was a phase I just like it wasn't like flying. I was just like did, like did not want to go. I did not want to go out into the world or be. You know, I wanted to stay unplugged or, but I couldn't. You know, so so. And then I was terrified that shit. It's been it's been unplugged for so long, and I and it's the mach- yeah. the machine has stopped for so long. I don't know if it's ever going to start again. And then it slowly started. How did you feel when it started? Were you exhilarated? Did it feel like those feelings were kind of melting away? It was slow. It was a slow. It wasn't. I, there were there were a couple times. That, I mean, I think once upon a poolside, the guys in the band were like, "Nice one," you know, like like yeah, like like <laughs> that one. You know, like nobody wanted, nobody wanted to make too much of a deal about it when I started to write again. And, and, and it, and it did, it didn't, it wasn't like all of a sudden one day I woke up and I was like, you know, on fire. It was, it was, yeah, it was very much, you know, starting the fire back from rubbing sticks together, but eventually, eventually it warmed up and, you know, yeah. And then, and then, and then, then I was writing a lot. And then when we were on tour, I, I, I was, Eucalyptus was written really fast and, and yeah. New Order T-shirt was written really fast and the Alcott was written really fast and half the songs were written quickly and then the other half, you know, started and then froze and then, you know, it morphed into something later. Yeah. Okay. So you didn't go back into the sunken place at a certain point. Were you out like once the song started to come? No, but I got, I, but but I but I got above it enough to sort of like to be able to breathe, so that like so that when I sink back down, know know that I you know so so I'm not in the 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 lowest part of it, you know, but I'm but I'm I'm definitely not 
I, I'm definitely aware that it's 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 right there. You know, the water's yeah. the, the water's always right about here, and and sometimes you'll find yourself and you're like, and and, and I just know, I know where I am. So I'm just more aware of the of the when it gets too deep to stand, you know, and yeah. just to back away a little bit, you know, whatever that is. It's just your brain. It's just your totally, you know. Does having the songs and having actual tangible creative output does that sort of put any gas in your tank? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the the the, the thing that it, it, like when I when I feel like oh, there's I'm onto something. This could be. This could be great. This could be a beautiful song. And you always like that, that, that first, those first feelings where you just get a, get a, even just a melody or, I mean, those, those, those guys send me lots and lots of stuff. So I'm, I'm listening to a lot of music that like, if I could only do something, this could be incredible. But a lot of times mm-hmm. I like, I just can't. And, and, or I, every time I do something, it's what's beautiful about it goes away. I, I, ru- I can ruin mm-hmm. it. You know, it's like, like it's, it's easy to ruin a beautiful can- white canvas, you know, or, 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 and their canvases aren't clean. They're, they, they, they come already mm-hmm. with so much information. And, but sometimes I just cannot dance with one of their sketches or one of the bits of music. And, and this was like, I could hear when I was, when I couldn't write, I was like, I could hear that the, the music that I was trying to write to was, was good it wasn't it wasn't that it was me i was i was i was not able to sort of find my way into it and that was what what was the the, the worst part about it but yeah when a couple of little bits and uh, some songs and a little phrase or melody like started like okay well that's a good enough that's a good that's a good lily pad that's one little that's one little lego that i'm gonna i'm gonna put over here because i think i'm gonna use that little lego you know the rest is just a mess and i don't want to even look at that pile but at least that one little lego you know and then you find another lego you know and then and so yeah the little tiny bits little like just a little like a little lyric or a little melody or in a little spot in a song somewhere will be like ah if i can build a song out from around that one little little spark then it might end up being the best song ever written that's right. the thing about songs. They're like these three little three and a half minute things that you could start and you, and you have the sense of like, this might be one, like this could be a beautiful song. This could be Imagine. This could be, you know, Sabotage. This could be, you know, Hey Ya, whatever, you know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like when you start on something, like it could be one of the greatest songs ever written and, and it could be Hey Jude and it almost never is, you know? Um, yeah. But it could be, and that feeling is when, like, when a kid first learns the the G chord for the first time, and they're like, "Holy shit, I can be Nirvana!" You know, I, I did. When, once once you get that first thread, so that that's first for me. Like the the songs, like just a little, like a little bit, where like, ah, uh, that might be, end up being incredible if I can, if I can. So the hope, yeah, just the hope part of it, the belief that like. This could be a beautiful thing that makes you makes you and lots of people feel great, and and it could be on the radio, and you know it could be it's like just stuff that those simple things you're like, those are such a, a enough serotonin or endorphins get get sent off into your bloodstream that I just one of the little little things a day can keep your head above water and then keep you going. But that's why you know that's why like when months and weeks would go by and I didn't have one of those little things. I was getting none of them, you know, nothing. We're going to take a quick break and then we'll be back with more from Leah Rose and Matt Berninger. Every week at Broken Record, we meet with legends of the industry to uncover the meaning behind the music. 
the strategy and history that separate the good from the truly great. That's what Mark Chaikin does, but for the U.S. stock market. Mark is a creative legend in his own right. He worked on Wall Street for 50 years, invented three new indices for the NASDAQ, and has predicted some of the biggest market shifts of the past decade, including the recent mania in AI stocks. Now Mark says we're seeing a similar shakeup in the financial markets. He's calling this a new dawn for the U.S. stock market and predicts dozens of specific stocks will soar in the next 90 days. You can watch Mark's presentation for free at marketmessage2024.com right now. Again, the link to watch is marketmessage2024.com. That's marketmessage2024.com. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson. How did the biggest names in outlaw country start a musical revolution? Through one woman's vision from one tiny living room. Don't miss Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in the new scripted Audible original, The Boar's Nest. Sue Brewer and the birth of outlaw country music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the outlaw country music movement and its biggest stars. Brewer helped shape the sound and soul of country music as we know it today, despite never picking up an instrument herself. Lovingly dubbed The Boar's Nest, Sue's Place was an intimate staging ground where a new breed of singer-songwriters, wounded souls, wayward upstarts, would spur each other on to tap into something bigger, realer. Starring Mandy Moore and featuring Eben Moss Bacharach as Shel Silverstein and TJ Osborne as Johnny Cash, alongside a full ensemble cast. Audible invites you to enter the Boar's Nest and experience the rise of a musical revolution. One woman, one time, one place. The Boar's Nest. Sue Brewer and the birth of Outlaw Country Music. Listen now at audible.com slash the Boar's Nest. We're back with Matt Berninger and Leah Rose. Do you have any like wellness practices or anything that you do that is supposed to be good for you, you know, whether it's like exercise or meditation or walks or... Yeah, I used to ride on my bike and walks, biking and walking, just, you know, those things. Yeah, just, 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 I mean, I I think it's, it's very well known that just, just moving your body is like, it's just Mm -hmm. getting your... Your body moving because when your body's moving, it's not like it's not you're trying, trying to like you know lose weight or or, or get right. cardio. Just move your body simply that those gears are at least doing that thing. 
you know? Right. And, and so when those gears are doing that thing, your legs and arm, your legs are moving and you're walking and you're breathing in and out. The part of your brain that gets anxiety and gets stress can sometimes just like, just slow down and let that thing. And then, and then suddenly the rest of the gears start. Yeah. It just, it, it, it greases the wheels, you know, it's like. Totally. And when you don't do those things, I think the, the, the worry part, the anxiety, the, all the other things that, the other wheels in your brain that you need are important for survival and all this kind of stuff, but they just start spinning and nothing and everything else freezes. And, and then you just like, you're exhausted, but you can't sleep because the, your, your anxiety wheels are going. So yeah, I, I do do those things, but, but I mean, honestly, like when you're in a, when I was in that dark phase, I didn't want to, I mean, I'd go, I'd ride my bike t- two blocks and I'd turn around and come home. I was like, yeah, couldn't ride my bike. You know, I couldn't watch TV, couldn't listen to any music. So it was a sunken, sunken place for sure. And sunken place. Has listening to music with your daughter influenced your writing at all or the way that you're approaching music? Because it's almost like you get to hear music for the first time, mm-hmm. you know, through her ears. Only that if you try to cater to anybody, you're going to fail. Like her, her bullshit detector for like, ah, just sounds like they're, just sounds like they're trying so hard to make, make me think they're cool or, like like lines that are like seem like you know seem like great all caps you know great lyrics she's she's like ah eh, it's a little too much you know it's like oh sh- gosh you know like kids are are way more sophisticated than you think and yeah. and uh, you can't like well I mean it's, it's hard to say it's like I mean it, I mean I don't want to like there's guilty pleasures but still her favorite favorite stuff is. Uh, more complex or just like the stuff that's like blurry and weird and and uh it's like why kids love certain scary children's books that are just like you can't quite figure them out like why why do those resonate so much it's always the the stuff that's a little creepy a little spooky not setting it up you know with an obvious you know satisfying thing like Mm -hmm. like something that's a little off and a little a little hard to figure out like what does that mean that's the stuff that sticks with her and so yeah it's really that's so it's really inspiring i was like oh yeah i can't like you can never never phone it in and try to like market to you know to a a demographic or anything you just have to you really have to be honest with yourself are you are you interesting are you are you being interesting to yourself because even 12 year olds will, will can tell when you're when you're pandering do you play her music you're working on yeah yeah i do does she t- what does she tend to tell you she's always excited she's always i mean she's i mean she does really like it and and funny it's like i'll play her stuff because because occasionally she'll like like not like something and and she, she she's definitely not being nice you know because she sees well corinne and i talk about it all the time so she sees how not precious i am and she sees how I mean, both of us you know, tear apart TV shows and tear apart movies and like, you know, like we're cruel to stuff. Um, just cause that's what you do. It's, it's, yeah. Uh, sounds like my house. Yeah. I mean, that's it's like, like, cause when something's great, like it has to be celebrated and like, and, and the mystery of yeah. why something is great, you just have to, you have to dig into it. It really is easier to talk shit about something than uh-huh. describe how incredible something is. Yeah. I mean, mostly when I'm writing, I'm just trying to avoid being terrible. I mean, mm-hmm. like you try to write something and me- like, like, ah, it's terrible. It's like you try to sing a melody. It's like, ah, oh, it's terrible. So like, wait, that's wait, maybe something there. And then you find, and so it's always for me, 
it's always a, I step into the ugly, you know, I just step out mm-hmm. and it's always ugly or it's always, it's very rarely a lyric or even a melody ever, ever quite. It takes a lot of stepping in, in this way, that way, this way, and a little bit of an adjustment and listening over and over and throwing it away. Like when I, I write, you know, I'll put in a sketch from those guys and it's usually pretty simple. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's not even, it's just one part, you know, it's like, you know, three, three or four chords like repeated. And, and I will, I'll just start trying to sing to it and I'll just track after track, layer after layer. I just like, I'll, I'll have 15, 15 things that I'm just like, just free associating and singing gobbledygook over. Uh, and then I'll go back and listen. And it's like, most of it's all terrible. And it's just like, oh, that one little spot is like kind like of- Like the melody is terrible or the words are terrible, the lyrics are terrible? It's usually melody. You know, I, I'm always like looking for melody, not worrying about words. And then later I will try to put words to it. And, and I kind of write separately. I'll write little bits and pieces and then I'll see if it fits in a song. Uh, and then I'll listen to to like what it sounds like I'm saying and like go in that mode and just try to like write around what it kind of sounds like I'm saying and craft that. It's mm-hmm. it, it's like I can go about it like all different ways, but almost never am I like, oh, like, like step right in like, oh, that's feeling good. And like a song comes out. It's usually like mm-hmm. it's just always trying to avoid s- stuff that sounds cliche or you're trying too hard or you're right. sound too bored or you, you sound too energetic or you like, it's just a million, <laughs> mm-hmm. a million little dials, you know? But that seems good though, because at least it's the opposite of being paralyzed. Yeah. Like that's very active mm-hmm. yeah, and just trying and trying and trying and kind of like reiterating. Mm-hmm. Do you have any sort of rituals or any things that you put yourself through to get into a space where it's easier to write? We had Rivers Cuomo on the show, and he talked about how he tried sort of like a deprivation technique where he would lock himself in a bathroom for like two days and like not eat (laughs) Mm. just to try and like bring about creativity that way. And that's obviously extreme. Mm -hmm. But is there anything that you do, like even if it's like drink a little something, smoke something, and then you're in this space? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't have, I don't try to force it. I mean, when I was in that long phase where nothing has happened, I realized that like, oh God, if you can't just sit around, it's it's weird. It's like, I, I, could, I couldn't turn it on and, 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 mm-hmm. and I kept trying. And I guess, I guess if I hadn't keep trying to turn it on, it may have never come on. And so I, I you do have to sort of, I did have to force it, I guess, eventually. Those guys, I had to go to the studio. Those guys, I had to go in the, the booth and the microphone was on. I had to try put something on down on record, you know, and that's. It wasn't until then until it really started happening. So I did, like, just just getting in there and doing it is really the only thing sometimes when, when it's not happening at all that you can do. I don't know, just get in front of a microphone. But, I, again, I, I will say I kind of just have to get into a, a, a comfortable place with it. And, and I will – most of the time I'm writing, like, on a couch or in bed with headphones on and, and like mm-hmm. – just listen to stuff and just trying to zone out. Yeah. And sometimes I'll smoke some weed. Sometimes I'll, you know, I don't, yeah, I'll, I'll drink a little bit of wine sometimes like that, but I kind of, I like it in the mode where, you know, iced tea and weed works really great, you know, and kind mm. of in the middle of the day, in the middle of the day, in those weird moments, those kind of like, like light up or downer. Yeah. Just a light. Ref- I try to like just get, ref- I don't write well when I'm like loaded. I mean, sometimes, sometimes. Have you ever recorded, or written or recorded something when you're just like 
loaded and you probably think it sounds really, really good, or maybe it's really deep. Like, what is that experience like? Oh my God, I don't know. That's a good question. I'm trying to, I'm, it's hard to, I mean, yeah, I used, I used to, my favorite thing in the world to do is, was get a six pack and a pack of cigarettes and listen to records and I have a notebook and just like, just filling notebooks and just writing and writing, writing and listening and just, and, and, and it was just like, it was great. Just what can I say? It just it was it was so much fun. But I, but I don't do it like that anymore. Just because it's like I feel like shit if I drink drink or smoke yes, that totally. much stuff, you know. And so so yeah, it's a it's a healthier thing. And and I do it's it's good to, to ride a to ride bike. And I'll smoke some weed and ride my bike and and and, and get in the mode. And if I get in the mode, I'll be I'll be pulling over every two minutes to like write to, to text myself a little thing a little lyric or a little line. So that's that's kind of how it works. I, I like to get into kind of meditative, rhythmic zone. I won't sit there and try to like craft, architect a song. I'll like, I'll get a little bit I like, and then I'll sing it over and over and over again. And, you know, on a loop and just, just kind of, just, just practicing the rhythm of a, of a, of a, you know, practicing a swing. You just kind of keep doing it until you get the kind of rhythm right and the tone of it right. And I'll do that. And that's probably because I'm you're stoned and you're just kind of in that mode. You just like you, you can you can marvel at the same Lego like for, for a while. Totally, but it's good. It, but it man, you you manage to kind of you know get that stone just right. So when you when you're going to put it into the into the put you know another, another brick in the wall, whatever. It's like you got to get that brick <laughs> just right. And other times it's then you're like okay now you I filled this this sketch is only three minutes long, but I've got. 17 different melody options right it's like there's wow are they all original melodies like how do you know they don't come from <laughs> i don't know you would hope they don't but it seems like it was just sort of a natural thing to happen i don't know you just like it's a weird thing there'd be like you can start almost anywhere it's like i mean hmm. i used to think like okay here's a guitar here's some guitar chords and a beat and a rhythm it's like okay well there's only so many things i can do i learned longer ago i was like oh shit you can you may, you may feel like you're cornered in with something. It's like, you can start anywhere on it. You can like, you, you it's, it's almost infinite. Not how many, I mean, you can, you can start on a note that rubs against whatever notes are there and, and, and play with that that way. It's like, you can, you can put any kind of color onto any kind of canvas and try, you know, sometimes it's just, ugh, it's just not a, it just doesn't <laughs> feel right. You know, it just doesn't feel the personality of it. Like I always talk about the personality of songs. It's just like yeah. the personality doesn't feel like me, you know, I, or I didn't feel like I wasn't in that zone. I can't, I can't quite get, even though it's, I like that personality, but I, it's just like, that's not what I need now. That's not the, that's not the character. Um, I I, yeah. I I I need to 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 talk to right now. You know, it's that's that that's what the songs are like. They're like, they're like a partner that that you have to sort of like dance with. And and some you know some people you, you like are in rhythm with, and some people like you know some sketches that Aaron Aaron sent me ended up you know on other people's records in our huge hits. You know, it's like oh, like what's an example of that? I don't I don't know. <laughs> there's a, there's a bunch of them. Um, I think Cardigan and Willow and some other ones. I had been taken a whack at I had some ideas or at one point those were in a batch that I, I was like I couldn't I couldn't do anything to and I still I, it's like I, I've listened to those I've, I've studied those songs it's like oh look what she did with those songs right I was gonna say yeah like that must be interesting yeah because I've I've got things like like that are just really different 
melody and 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 rhythm like places that like totally different songs and it's like that's one of those things that's really really uh really kind of fun about about songs and what we were talking about before is like for example when we when i go in and say like okay here here's you know by your side by sade i mean you could learn it first you learn it and then you get okay that's that song but like to kind of like try do a song that's kind of in the it's like really really hard to match a zone of, of, of a thing, you know, it's, it's kind of, I mean, you can kind of match it, but it's like, do you mean if you were to co- try and cover it or make something in a similar vein, you can cover, but like even covering songs does not mean that song's going to have any of that magic that, that rich, that, that one did. It's weird. So I'm saying it's like, I never, I'm never nervous about somebody saying, Oh, you stole that from I'm like, I'm like, maybe like derivative or something. yeah maybe yeah. but like like that every little every single i mean everything that you hear is is taken and, and re recrafted and it's not even like they f- try hard it's like it's kind of impossible to like you change one little thing everything starts to change you know yeah. um so i was listening to the miley cyrus flowers and she even talks about what was the it was like it's her biggest song i think flowers now and it's like she was sort of ripping off the Bruno Mars song or something. Um, Uptown be, Funk? No, Be Your Man. I, I Want to Be Your Man oh. or something like that. His his biggest song. His, his like a billion and a half, you know, listens. And I'm like, oh, yeah, there's there's that little section right there. I mean, the lyrics are, I mean, flowers, rhyming flowers with hours and, and hand with sand are all there. You know, she could definitely just mm-hmm. like took all that and re you know and she talks about it as the best way to approach it because like it, it's the other ones they're both giant massive songs and you're like oh yeah mm-hmm. there's that little part where like oh yeah you can hear the, that note and on that thing there's there's that little fragment that definitely was taken from that but i don't like i don't like that's that's how everything's made you know kind of like i yeah. i like i i think that's uh and so i i i think i do that probably more than i realize but it's it's usually you, you, I often sing other people's lyrics to music just to, because it's impossible often with songs tempo and time signature or chords or whatever one lyrics will do you just it forces you to change everything around you know just right. uh, and it, you change melody and everything changes and then and then you find your own you know and then those those words that you started with somebody else just 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 disappear and your own things just sort of grow in the cracks of of that mm-hmm. you made around it i don't know it's it's how the the process is usually incredibly fun really and um that's why like in that phase where i just like i was heartbroken over over the loss of my love for it that was such a bummer like to like to not for even music not to, not to give me that thrill or that serotonin totally. or that endorphin or that, that little stuff. We'll be back after another quick break with more from Leah Rose and Matt Berninger. Every week at Broken Record, we meet with legends of the industry to uncover the meaning behind the music, the strategy and history that separate the good from the truly great. That's what Mark Chaikin does, but for the U.S. stock market. Mark is a creative legend in his own right. He worked on Wall Street for 50 years, invented three new indices for the Nasdaq, and has predicted some of the biggest market shifts of the past decade, including the recent mania in AI stocks. Now Mark says we're seeing a similar shakeup in the financial markets. He's calling this a new dawn for the U.S. stock market and predicts dozens 
of specific stocks will soar in the next 90 days. You can watch Mark's presentation for free at marketmessage2024.com right now. Again, the link to watch is marketmessage2024.com. That's marketmessage2024.com. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson. How did the biggest names in outlaw country start a musical revolution? Through one woman's vision from one tiny living room. Don't miss Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in the new scripted Audible original, The Boar's Nest. Sue Brewer and the birth of outlaw country music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the outlaw country music movement and its biggest stars. Brewer helped shape the sound and soul of country music as we know it today, despite never picking up an instrument herself. Lovingly dubbed The Boar's Nest, Sue's place was an intimate staging ground where a new breed of singer-songwriters, wounded souls, wayward upstarts, would spur each other on to tap into something bigger, realer. Starring Mandy Moore and featuring Eben Moss Bacharach as Shel Silverstein and TJ Osborne as Johnny Cash, alongside a full ensemble cast. Audible invites you to enter the Boar's Nest and experience the rise of a musical revolution. One woman, one time, one place. The Boar's Nest. Sue Brewer and the birth of Outlaw Country Music. Listen now at audible.com slash the Boar's Nest. We're back with the rest of Leah Rose's conversation with the Nationals' Matt Berninger. Is it true that there's sort of like an unwritten rule in the band that people don't directly ask you about the meaning behind your lyrics? I, I didn't know. I, I um, They don't. They almost never do. I don't think they ever do. Does anyone ask you in your like? Fans do and, and, and journalists do. And, and there's no rule. But, but no, the guys usually don't. Yeah, they don't. I don't think I don't. I'd, I'd, I'd have to think about when I, any of those guys ever asked me do you care what they think about your lyrics yeah yeah totally of course yeah i'm always trying to impress them yeah is there some when you're writing is there somebody in your mind who you're trying to impress or you're writing for yeah those guys in corinne you know and and my, yeah, and my daughter and 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 the peers you know yeah i i, I want to i want to impress all the Walkmen. I want to impress Phoebe Bridgers. I want to, you know, I want Taylor Swift to, 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 to be as impressed by me as I am by her, you know? And so, yeah, I want to be loved. <laughs> I want to be, a, yeah, I, hey. <laughs> I want to be adored and I want to be 
but that's the that's the what's such a funny thing it's like um if you try to write with that purpose you're gonna sound desperate you know so to be truly adored and to be for other your other your favorite artists to je- to actually really like what you're doing you have to do weird shit that is little maybe uncomfortable and scary and maybe isn't isn't gonna work you know that's that's what's gonna impress the walkman that's what's gonna impress uh, you know my wife and that and 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 and, that, and then that's what the band wants like the band doesn't want our band doesn't necessarily want a hit if it's not real if it doesn't feel like kind of real to us i was wondering with corinne like when she hears things that you've written if you're writing about an old love or loving someone missing somebody is she ever like who are you talking about no she's when we first started dating i was in the middle of writing all these songs you know a bunch of songs you know that that she kind of like right away was kind of like so into all of it like the writing of songs so it's always been that way and and i've also been mostly writing about her you know it's like or the band or yeah, but then there's all they're, they're, they're like, like sometimes songs are not autobiographical, obviously, but they're but they're sort mm-hmm. of uh, exercises in looking into uh, a window or looking or looking over over the edge of of something, and like um, mm-hmm. eucalyptus or whatever is is obviously a song about about splitting up things, and 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 I think it's a kind of a funny song about like you know like all the things like how do you how do you split up your water subscription, you know. But the, the, it's, so you're writing writing about breaking up as a way of sort of like of of confronting your fears, you know. It's like and, and like mm-hmm. once upon a poolside and like a lot of those record is is really like the fear of maybe the the band being over and mm-hmm. it's very romantic. Generally, there'll be bits and pieces of the songs that like and it's usually much, well, much later, like after the record's out and after we're finally like, it's all finished, we're like. Yeah, I listen to that again, and you know what? You know, like it'll be way later, but in the middle of the creative process, if it's good, if it's like, oh, that's great, like that's all we that's all we ever talk about. Sometimes, huh. sometimes much later, once the art is finished, we'll be like, maybe we should talk about that a little bit. You know, let's let's. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering. Yeah, is there ever an instance where you write a lyric, and it's the beginning of something that might almost be subconscious, but then it. It ultimately comes true later. I mean, what you made me think of is maybe not what you're asking, but I, I do, I do worry, and I did feel that maybe all of this writing of all these, making these big, you know, these beautiful things out of uncomfortable feelings that I've been doing for twenty years, and you know, we're on this is our ninth record or whatever, and plus all the other like, so, I mean, so like writing hundreds of songs about some of this stuff i was like am i manifesting this character am i becoming am i am i did i create this per, this this mm-hmm. sad sack you know because i write about it so much do you think you did like where did you land with that question it's in between it's like uh, yes but i also write all these songs because like like i i am that way and have that way yeah. and, and 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 that's how i that's how i that's how I survive. That's how I, I feel better about life is because I make a little something, some kind of semi enjoyable and kind of fun and beautiful and moving out of this ugly feeling, you know, that's what all great love songs are. You know, it's like, it's like, it's like a sad, ugly, uncomfortable feelings 
with to melody, you know, <laughs> and 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 that that's that all the best love songs are are kind of crushing, and and mm-hmm. so I I think I do think I'm a much healthier person having written all this stuff than have not, you know. I do know that like other people like listening to like we talked about like the artists that we've been talking about, including like for example, go back to to Tom Waits. I know that Tom Waits made me mentally healthier you know made me a made me a happier person made me a made me like myself more and so did nick cave so all my favorite artists you know make me like myself a little bit more because they're great about about writing about what they hate about themselves and i can identify with that and i was like if that person hates themselves like can say that that terrible thing about themselves and make it so beautiful then like oh maybe maybe i can make something out of all the things i hate about myself so yeah but then at a certain time, you know, the point of like all these years, especially getting on stage and performing it and doing it, you know, and then, and then, and then, and then having like a fan base, which is like incredible. <laughs> like I have fans, but fans of songs I wrote, you know, it's just like, it's, it's <laughs> sometimes you take for granted how like <laughs> most people don't have fans of songs that they wrote, you know, it's like an incredible right. thing. Strangers that you've never met like these songs that you wrote, these things you wrote about your own feelings, you know, like that's so lucky, you know? And then when people like say how much they get out of it and you see people having these moments and you see and people write to you and tell you like this thing. And I get a lot of letters that people say like this, this stuff actually helped me through a really rough time. And I'm like, it helped me through a rough time. And then I think of all the other artists that helped me, that uh, their records helped me. And I'm like, like, oh God, yeah, this is all really good. Like, this is all a really good thing to do. Yeah, you're like in service to other people. A, a little bit, but but mostly myself, you know, mostly like I'm, I'm doing it for my own mental health mostly, but it is working for other people too. It's helping other people too, for sure. And that's really good. But then he's like, you, like the night after night after night after night after night after night and touring and being all that. And then you get weird. Yeah. You just get weird. It can. How does it get weird? I heard you talk about that being on tour can get weird. And I'm extremely curious about what you mean about that. Honestly, I think it's just ex- mostly exhaustion, but then I think it's I think it's the turning on and then turning off. Yeah. It's like to turn for me to, to 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 get into show mode, to turn on, to do that for like a 2-hour, you know, give or take performance. Like it's not it doesn't come naturally. It's not like uh, I'm like I can't wait to get out there. It's like it's bracing. It's I have to I have to it's on my mind all day. I have to it's on my mind. It's like it's it's like um every day is sort of like you're doing like a mini wedding. You got to get ready like to, you know, you're just trying to like can I get ready for it? It's a, and you have to entertain. You have to you don't know. You might wake up in a great mood, but then like something like you might by by seven thirty, you know, half an hour before you're supposed to go on stage, some you just might just be in the most miserable place for whatever reason. Just and you're the front man, so yeah. it's like all eyes are on you. You can't kind of just like play the back and play bass. Yep. Yeah. You know, it's like you ha- and you give it your all. You go super hard. Yeah, and I won't complain. It's cool. I mean, like I, I <laughs> it's a funny thing. I I'm I'm often miserable in the spotlight, but. I'm usually like, 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 no, 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 over here. You know, <laughs> it's like, it's like, no, don't look at me. Look at me. Like, this is my best side. <laughs> yeah. I'm definitely a don't look at me, look at me type of person. With a, yeah. And, and I don't have to get in a zone. And, and sometimes you drink too much. And sometimes, like, I, like, we don't have any really terrible, terrible habits. And, but like, oh, yeah. I've, how, how many times I've been like, 
I know now I know what cocaine is for. You know, it's like, yeah, like, this is why people do cocaine because they got to go do that. Um, it, yeah, you can flip the switch. Yeah, you can flip it. But, but I don't, I don't do that. Um, but I do, you know, I'll, I'll have, have a few glasses of wine. Sometimes I won't. But those shows are always like really, honestly, the, the shows where I won't have any, I was like, oh, those are, those are all. If I don't drink, if I don't drink anything, then I'm in too inside my head. I think, I think one or two glasses of wine uh, is probably the best. Yeah. When I was talking to Aaron, he said something at some point about, he's like, yeah, sometimes I think like, I can't believe I'm 46 and I'm still in a band. Uh-huh. That's so embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have any similar feelings like that? Yeah, no, no, we always do. I mean, like we, we always listen. We, we we play songs. We're like, does this sound like we're all trying to like wear skinny jeans? You know, it's like, and even though many of us still wear skinny jeans, but <laughs> but, uh, but there is that the, the whole pandering thing is uh is like we just can't do it. You know, like we cannot. Like I can't, I can only write a certain way. And I mean, the answer question is like, yeah, we're, we're often like feeling like we don't want to seem like we're faking it or we're being on stage, singing a song that you don't really kind of believe or don't, or, or, you know, doesn't feel good. So I think if we, if we started making songs that we, Felt we're like ah well we're 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 kind of just putting out records to service a you know to service something a fan base or whatever right like it definitely wouldn't be be enough so obviously we're always asking it's like are these songs worth putting out is it I I know that like we it's time for another record or it's time for another yeah. tour you know according to the the the, the healthy economy and of of a of a functioning band and all that kind of stuff you know. But that has never been the thing that's ever, ever gotten us anywhere in terms of motivating us to make songs. And it's just the songs. It's like a, a, if a song we like it and we're like, ah, I, li- I like that's a, that's a good song. That's a beautiful song. That's why we're still a band. Like that's enough to. Yeah, I, I won't be able to be the kind of performer like Mick Jagger is, you know. Because why? Well, I mean, and I think he's genuine, you know, mm-hmm. through and through. He is the, you know, he, yeah. But uh, but. I think my showman thing is it, it, like I think has to to age and, and evolve with me. Meaning, meaning, I used to lose my mind. I used to smash stuff. I used to like you yeah. know I would throw full bottles of wine thirty feet in the air, you know, in above the band, above me, and like in like in controlled ways where I would like let it smash to pieces, like right around me, wow. you know, and like, and I, you know, and going out into the crowd and, and I, yeah, I, you go deep, go deep out into the crowd. Yeah. yeah. And, and I, go, and I, I do love that. I might still do that, but if I, if I feel like I'm doing that because of it's part of the show, I want to kill myself, you know, it's like, or because it's expected or it's, it's your shtick or something. Yeah. yeah. And, and all that stuff kind of becomes a, a, a shtick and, I think some of the, some of the self disgust was like, I was self, I was disgusted with my own shtick, you know, like writing mm-hmm. about myself or like the idea of like doing that show and going out into the crowd when I was like, that is not the person I am right now. I can't go sing yeah. these songs and go into a crowd and entertain people. I can't even, I can barely, I can't watch TV, you know, I can barely, right. I, I'm, I'm nonverbal. I can't be an entertainer, you know, and so like some shows I have to sort of just, embrace whatever where wherever i am you know and yeah. so that's not always a, a great show 
I don't know. Maybe it is. I I like watching uncom- uncomfortable performers do nothing. <laughs> you know, I find that riveting. <laughs> but um, yeah. So so there there is there's a, there is a there is a, a, a little bit of that. If like if it feels like we're 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 going through the motions and and trying to you know put on the show. If it feels like you know Phantom of the Opera, you know. Yeah. Uh, after a while, I, right. I it's, that's this is it just it's a bummer. I know that female artists have to deal with this a lot, but when you've gone out into the crowd like that, has anything sketchy ever happened to you? Like, yeah, and it gets weird, and like it gets it gets weird out there. That's why I'm like, I don't know if I like doing this anymore. It mostly it's, it's almost all love, and people just like are, that's the other thing. It's like it's people just crushed together and sing and are and you're getting and you're singing their hearts out and it's people having an incredible moment and i am too but then sometimes but but it gets scary you know it gets scary when when, when just like that many bodies and the crush of people so that and then obviously there's a lot of people that just want to hang on you and just like want to like you want to spend like like spend the whole time with you and like i was like you know what this is i'm i'm doing this kind of for me and for like lots of people it's not just for you to hang on me and like you know follow yeah. me i don't like when people like follow me the whole time and 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 try to like you know and people often try to pick me up because and, and I never let that. I don't. Crowd surfing is I is not. I hate it. I, it's because they can drop you. You can just fall into a it's hole. It's not bad. It's just always. It just looks so stupid to me. It's just, <laughs> when you're up there trying to sing and you're being carried. I mean, I know. I mean, I've done it a bunch of times. It is like a. It's a bucket list. You got to do it. You know. You're just. You feel like like such an idiot. I don't know. I mean, certain bands. If I were Blink One Eighty Two or whatever, yeah, hell yeah. But not. I can't. I just, it's not, it just doesn't feel right. But um, anyway, so like all that kind of stuff is like, you just have to constantly try to stay yourself. And that changes. That's the thing. It changes. If you're trying to stay true to who you were when you were, you know, 30 or 25 or 19 or whatever, you're kind of going to look kind of silly, you know? Then again, will I even know? Will I even know, (laughs) you know, that I look silly? I know, right. Uh, Probably not. I mean. Well, your daughter will tell you. That's. I'm praying she does. So far, so far she's been pretty kind. She's like, I mean, she has seen some videos that we've we've attempted to make some videos, and she's like, uh, uh-uh. uh. She's like, you, really? Yeah, the, the thing like that. She says she's like, you look like you're trying to be all that, you know. It's like, yeah. And I'm like, she's like, it ruins this <laughs> it's a fair criticism. Yeah, and it ruins. She's like, it kind of ruins the song for me. I was like, oh, got to kill that video, you know. Hey, she, I know that's good. Thank God, thank God for her. <laughs> How do you feel about the Sad Dad music label? How does that sit with you? I don't care. Um, I mean, it's, it's appropriate. <laughs> I cannot. I cannot. I mean, like, yeah, uh, it, it definitely. Like, it's. I, I, I totally understand it, and I think I, I think I embrace it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it feels fine. I mean, I, 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 it's, it's, it's not. It's not how I would define myself. You know, entirely, but yeah, that's, a, that's a little part right. of me. That's a, a, that's a little part of, of everybody, I think, or something. I think the funny thing is, like, like my daughter, I think, like, loves the Sad Dads. Like, we have, we, you know, we sell hoodies that say Sad Dads on it. And it's like her, yeah. you know, she's into it. She loves, like, like it's cool. <laughs> you know, and for some reason, I think it's cool to be a Sad Dad. But, but I, but I also, I can see why, why other artists, that get the sad and mostly it's young women get the sort of sort of the, you know the, the sad 
uh, label and how that can be infuriating. And, and so, but for me, I'm like, ah, I've, I've earned it. Yeah. I, right. <laughs> I can't, I cannot, I cannot say that that does not fit. Well, Pitchfork, I read that Pitchfork wrote the national aren't dad rock as much as their men's magazine rock. Oh, that's so that's, that's, that's kind of more sleek. No, that one's hurtful. That's hurtful. I feel like that's sleek. <laughs> what are men? That's like GQ rock. <laughs> I think of like Maxim when you say men's magazines. Oh. I, I I think of like details and uh, yeah. And, uh, I don't think it, even GQ is. It, I, I guess yeah, GQ rock. I don't think we're GQ rock either. That'd be cool. I wish we were GQ rock. I am. I am doing an interview with GQ. I think soon. So have you done many interviews yet for this album? No. Not that many. I'm doing a lot less. I'm doing a lot less than than usual. I um, just yeah. yeah. I, I, a lot of it is because it's like, eh, the stuff on this record is a little bit harder to talk about. I think maybe, and I, I kind of was like, it's kind of all there on the record, you know. So yeah. So like getting into it a little bit, digging further into it is a feels a little icky. But I know that's I know that's part of it, and I'm happy to do. It. And so. But uh, this has been delightful, though, has not been. Yeah, I appreciate so much you taking the time yeah. and being so thoughtful. And best wishes with the album. It's awesome. Thank you. And sounds like you have another album already ready. Maybe. We always say that. But like, no, like, not unless it's going to be, it's got to be great. But uh, so if yeah. it's not, it'll take, it might take some time. But um, thanks for doing this. This seems cool. Thanks to Matt Berninger for breaking down his songwriting process with Leah. You can hear all of our favorite national songs on a playlist at brokenrecordpodcast.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Broken Record. Broken Record is produced with help from Leah Rose, Jason Gambrell, Ben Tolliday, and Eric Sandler. Our editor is Sophie Crane. Broken Record is a production of Pushkin Industries. And if you like the show, please remember to share, rate, and review us on your podcast app. Our theme music's by Kenny Beats. I'm Justin Richman consider subscribing to Pushkin Plus. Pushkin Plus is a podcast subscription that offers bonus content and uninterrupted ad-free listening for $4.99 a month. Look for Pushkin Plus on Apple Podcast subscriptions. And if you like the show, please remember to share, rate, and review us on your podcast app. Our theme music's by Kenny Beats. I'm Justin Richman. Every week at Broken Record, we meet with legends of the industry to uncover the meaning behind the music, the strategy and history that separate the good from the truly great. That's what Mark Chaikin does, but for the U.S. stock market. Mark is a creative legend in his own right. He worked on Wall Street for 50 years, invented three new indices for the NASDAQ, and has predicted some of the biggest market shifts of the past decade, including the recent mania in AI stocks. Now Mark says we're seeing a similar shakeup in the financial markets. He's calling this a new dawn for the U.S. stock market and predicts dozens of specific stocks will soar in the next 90 days. You can watch Mark's presentation for free at marketmessage2024.com right now. Again, the link to watch is marketmessage2024.com. That's marketmessage2024.com. Musora is your access to online music lessons for guitar, piano, drums, and singing. This is your chance to reignite some old musical passions or pick up an instrument for the first time. 
connect with more than 100 of the world's best teachers and musicians. You'll get seven days totally free to try it out. And then it's just $30 a month, less than a single private lesson. I mean, why do we do Broken Record? Not just because we love hearing from great musicians. We do it because we think that there is something beautiful about the appreciation of music. Don't you think we need more of that in our lives these days? That's the mission of Musora, to inspire, educate, and connect musicians. Enjoy unlimited personal support, weekly live streams, student lesson plans. It's like having a personal music teacher, only much, much better. Just go to musora.com, M-U-S-O-R-A.com, to start a new musical journey today. Hey, it's Justin Richmond. I want to talk to you about another podcast called Comedy Bang Bang. If you haven't heard of Comedy Bang Bang, it's one of the longest-running comedy podcasts out there and has truly revolutionized the medium. Every episode, host Scott Ackerman interviews a famous guest like Andy Samberg and John Hamm. But unlike every normal interview show, Scott and the guest are joined by a group of unhinged fictional characters played by the best comedic improvisers around. People like Nick Kroll, Lauren Latkes, Paul F. Tompkins, and Ben Schwartz. Over the years, the podcast has built an expanded universe with tons of recurring jokes and fan-favorite characters. But the best part is you can still easily jump in at any time and enjoy a new episode as a first-time listener. So check out new episodes of Comedy Bang Bang every Monday wherever you listen to your podcast.